Well, how's everybody doing this morning? We've made it to the final Sunday of 2019. Amen. As all years, 2019 has been a bit of a mixed bag, hasn't it? (laughs) We take the good with the bad. Um, God is good regardless. Amen. So I'm going to, I wanted you to go to uh, Psalm 77. I'm going to be talking today the whole theme of this message, and I'll be brief because I'm going to invite you guys in to give uh, testimony to the goodness of God as part of this final message of 2019. But if I had to go with the title, it's Remembering God's Goodness Amid Constant Change. Remembering God's Goodness Amid constant change. And I'm reading out of the ESV translation. And it's hard not to really feel the emotion and the pain and the struggle of the person who is uttering these words. It says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. Can any of you, any of you had moments this year that you can relate to that? When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Selah. You hold my eyelids open. And what that really means is like, I, I, I can't sleep. Struggling with insomnia, I can't even sleep. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. And I just want to touch on that just for, just for a second. You know, I consider the days of old, the years long ago. You, you, you ever been in a, in, a, in a season of life where it just seems like if it ain't one thing, it's another? And, and, and you're wondering where God is in it and, and, and if he's for you. And then you try to remind yourself, man, I remember back in the day. I remember back when things were good. I remember back when it seemed like God's favor was just overwhelming me, you know. And so he's remembering back. I let my medit- and let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. And these are real hard-hitting questions here. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Feels like that sometimes. Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this. To the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? And so in the midst of the struggle, the person asked some penetrating, hard-hitting questions that really speak to the despair, the anguish, the hardship that he's encountering, but then he flipped it by, he turned, he flipped it by remembering, you know what, I will appeal to this. So, in response to those questions, 
I'm going to remind myself of the years that I had the right hand of God's favor, the honor and favor of God. On my, you know, it's on my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember who He is in the midst of this trial. It may feel like God is not God, not the God I know Him to be right now. But I'm gonna remind myself that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My circumstances don't dictate who He is and what kind of character He has. I'm gonna remind myself of His goodness even though it doesn't feel like I'm going through his goodness right now. Amen? I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, oh God, is holy. I'm just going to surrender to you in it. Surrender to the way of the Lord, and I'll endure what I'm going through for your glory. What God is great like our God? I love that question. You know, life is a journey filled with highs and lows. Rejoicing and sadness. Laughter and weeping. Excitement and disappointment. Gain and loss, thrills, and agonies, successes, and failures. I know I'm going on a bit of a riff here. Doors of opportunity opening and closing. Prayers answered and not answered, et cetera, et cetera, or not answered in the way that we wanted them to be. Because sometimes the answer is no, right? We interpret it as a non-answer, but it really is an answer. It's a bit like a roller coaster ride, really. One moment you blissfully never want the ride to end. The next moment you just want the ride to stop because you're about to puke. You know, speaking of roller coasters, when you're riding on a roller coaster, there's not much time to ponder or reflect on deep and meaningful things, <laughs> is there? When the coaster levels out, you only get a few seconds to brace yourself for the next drop. And in those moments, the only thing you're probably reflecting on is why you let your kids talk you into getting on that thing in the first place. I used to love him when I was young, man. It feels like my stomach is going to come out of my mouth now. But, but while you're in mid-thought, the next drop happens. And all your focus turns toward surviving the ordeal until the coaster levels out again. Maybe not your thoughts, but speaking from personal experience. Life presents a similar challenge. Because it involves constant change. We spend so much time trying to survive one ordeal after another that we often forget to reflect on and remember the wondrous works of God in our lives. Are you hearing me? I'm going to say that again. We spend so much time trying to survive one ordeal after another that we often forget to reflect on and remember the wondrous works of God in our lives. The grace and favor of the Lord toward us. All we can think about is what we're going through. And we want it to be over. And, and, and I'm not trying to shame you in it. I'm just, I'm just saying that, that's human nature. That's, that's how we are, right? We, we would like to stay, we like a certain comfort. We like a certain knowing how things are going to play out. There's a peace in that. We don't want to be in the unfamiliar. We don't want to be 
in uncertainty. Amen? Life is sometimes cruel in that way because, man, you don't have to live life very long to encounter the opposite of certainty and, and familiar and comfort. But aren't those the times that we grow the most oftentimes? I'm a former athlete. You know what? My muscles never got bigger and stronger with me laying around in comfort. The only time my muscles got bigger and stronger were when they were stressed, when they were tested, when they were tried, when they were introduced to hardship and struggle, right? Every game I ever been a part of, every game I won was a struggle, some more than others. But you learn perseverance. You, you, you gain a strength. You gain perseverance. You gain a discipline. You gain valuable character traits. You gain things during the, during the trial that you can't get otherwise. Amen? And so in that regard, we can be thankful for what God allowed us to encounter, right? For the benefit that he'll work in through us. But to get back on track, We often forget to reflect on and remember the wondrous works of God in our lives. So today, on this final Sunday of the year 2019, I want us as a church to do something that my family and I do every year. And this is my family. So we're going to do that this year. And every year, at least one or the other, either Thanksgiving or Christmas, oftentimes both. We sit at the dinner table. We say grace and, and we share a meal together. And as we share a meal together, we take turns reflecting back on the year and giving testimony of what God has done for us. And sometimes someone brings up something that some, that, that some of us forgot. And it's funny, the same situation that we all encountered, it's funny how differently it ministers to different members of the family. You know, and it becomes really a rich time in which we are reminded of how God was with us and how God favored us through a lot of the struggles and trials that we encountered. And sometimes... We look back and we reflect on some of the things that were denied us. Some of the things we wanted to do or wanted to get that we didn't get to do. And at the time, we were disappointed and maybe had attitudes. Not me, but the rest of my family. Maybe had attitudes. But then reflecting back on it, we see some other things that God blessed us with instead that we wouldn't have been able to in, in, uh, experience if we had gotten our way, you know. And so reflecting back gives us an opportunity to put the year in perspective in a way that really allows us to worship him and, 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 and be thankful and glorify him, you know, as, as, as fully as we can. Amen? And so... I want us as a church body to take time this morning to remember what God has done for each of us throughout this year. And secondly, I'd like the New Covenant Fellowship body to honor the Lord by giving testimonies detailing his goodness in 2019. Basically, the final sermon, this being the final Sunday of 2019, will be our testimonies of the Lord's goodness toward us throughout the course of the year. So not just me, but we preaching the goodness of the Lord today. Amen? Are you guys okay with that? More people got to be okay with that than that, right? Maybe you guys are just thinking of something to, you're already in, you're already in that testimony mode. So I want to invite um, anyone, Christy's going to get it going. She's going to get it started. Um, come on up, sweetheart. 
believe it or not, she asked that, asked for that. So I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put my life in jeopardy like that. <laughs> okay. Is this, okay. So for everyone who has known me for the last 20 years, you know that I have in the past not enjoyed being in front of people as tall as I am. I don't have a problem with kids, but I often don't do so well in front of adults. But that's okay, because you know what? In 2019, God, like, just stretched me like taffy. Yes. And someone blessed me with taffy because it's a joke. You know, God will stretch you. We are going to have a taffy-making day, but I haven't figured out which day it is or who ought to. Just so we can feel for real what it's like to be stretched. Because I tell you what, this has been a year of stretching. But okay, the biggest awakening and, and how God really, really showed himself to me this year. Um, he showed me that he will speak to us in every day. Just, you know, I was at Walmart, favorite store in Stillwater. And um, he told me to pray for this lady because I heard her. She was complaining that um, she had twins. And she'd had to take both of them to the emergency room that day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then there was another child who was having to go with her to the ER. And she was in checkout, and she was trying to leave. And, and I know without a doubt that he told me to go ask her to pray, if I could pray for her. And I said, Lord, we are in Walmart. I am not going up. She's trying to check out. She's trying to get to the court kids. Now, I'll just pray for her from here. Lord bless her. Okay? That, that's really what I did. So I walk away. And I'm, I'm trying to shop, and I'm like, I know I was disobedient. I know, I know. So I feel this conviction and, and, and kind of a dread because I know I blatantly disobeyed the Lord, right? So just last week, God gave me the opportunity to try again. And um, this, this worker was there, and she was limping. She was limping horribly, and she was like, I don't know what I did to my leg. I heard it, and I heard him again, he says, offer to pray for her. I almost, almost repeated my mistake. However, I said, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll do it. If, if she's by herself, you know, because I don't want to go interrupt her talking to her coworkers or something. So, of course, he made her by herself, right? Okay, so I walk over to her and I'm like, you know, how are you? Um, what? Are, I was looking for something, so... And then I, but I said to her, can I pray for you? I heard, no, I heard your leg was hurting. Can I pray for you? And she looked at me. She goes, uh, no, I'll be all right. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I walked away. You know, I was like, okay, God bless you. And I walked away. But I walked away with a different kind of sadness. Because I was like, she missed the opportunity for me to invite the Lord to work in her life. You know? So I did. I said a little prayer, you know, Lord, lessen her pain today. And maybe she'll say, I wonder if that lady did pray for me anyway, you know. But the first time I didn't obey, I walked away with the dread for disobeying. But this time I walked away with a sadness for what she missed out on. But I say that to say this. God is not concerned about us having an eloquent speech or an eloquent prayer. Because a lot of times I don't know what to pray. He wants your obedience. He will give you the words once you ask, can I pray for you? You might have a prayer that you, you use words you don't ever use in your everyday life, but you walk in, in obedience. So he will give you the words. First, he needs your obedience. So just walk in his obedience. And a lot of people are going to say, well, 2020 is coming. I will do that starting Wednesday. Don't waste the next three days of 2019 waiting for Wednesday. Start today. It, 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 this is, I was walking my dog in 34-degree weather, and this is what the Lord was telling me this morning. Start today. Pray today that you can offer forgiveness to those who hurt you in the past. Start today asking him to soften your heart so you can hear him clearly in 2020. You have today, you have now, no future days are promised to us. Do not waste the rest of 2019. Use it for preparing for 2020. Use it to prepare for your new glasses, your new prescription, but don't sit there and just sit. 
do something. Okay, so um, let's see. I said, oh, and for anyone who knows, I usually don't write in my journals because I always think I'm going to make a mistake and it's going to be ugly. So the Lord was so good to me today. My fourth word, I misspelled. So I had to mark it out. <laughs> but you know, I got it over with and I kept going and it's all right, you know. So, all right. So um, ask the Lord to start softening your heart. Repent today. Forgive today. Come to Christ today if you haven't made that decision. Accept his free gift. If you would like to ask Jesus in your heart today, not Wednesday, the prayer team is available. Um, As you feel Christ calling you, drawing you, approach any of those who are standing, um, and they will help you begin this journey. We'll take you um, to to the fellowship hall, and they will help you begin your journey of an exciting new life with Jesus Christ. Um, Christmas has passed, but the season of gift giving is not over. You can give your heart to Christ, and Christ will give you eternal life. Um, Don't wait, and don't put it off. This is for those who have never made a decision, and for those who want to rededicate their lives to Christ today. Sometimes we make the decision as a child, and we stop living the way that God tells us to live. So if this is a time that you want to rededicate your lives, the prayer team is available for that also. And so I just say, be blessed. Make the last three days of 2019 your most productive ones of 2019. And we will look forward to starting 2020 with a with newer vision and clearer vision of how God wants to use us to better his kingdom and to advance his kingdom. All right. All right, Christy got us started. Any? Are, are you next, Paula? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Bethany? Okay. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. So, um, <laughs> my um, testimony is twofold. Uh, so, I had a request for this first one. Um, This summer, uh, while I was working an internship, I was also taking a summer class. And typically when I take a summer class, I will have some kind of funding available from the previous semester in order to kind of offset those costs. So I never have a bill uh, for the summer semester. This year was not the same as previous years. And so I um, got an email uh, saying that you had a a balance due for your summer semester. And I scroll down and I'm expecting it to say zero and it says $997. And so I'm sitting there like, okay. So I, uh, one goal of mine since I was 12 years old is I'm gonna graduate college debt free, right? And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm making good money at this internship. I'm also paying rent. I also have almost maxed out my credit card because I'm going on vacation doing this, that, and the other. So what am I going to do? And so I call my mom, and I'm like, Mom, I don't know what to do. I have all this money that I owe. I don't know how I'm going to pay this without getting a loan. And my dad actually has a friend who works on campus, and he had told us, if you ever need money for school, contact me, and I'll see what I can do. And I'd completely forgotten about this. Um, But when I called my mom, she said, well, why don't you call dad's friend? I was like, well, he probably doesn't remember us. I mean, we met him with him like in January. Now it's June. Is he going to still have anything available? And so um, I called his office, and one of the women that works with him answered. And uh, I explained the situation to her, and I'd actually met her before, and I'd worked with uh, an organization on campus that she's in charge of. And uh, within four days, they had given me a scholarship to cover the full cost of the tuition. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So from that story, it just reminded me that God cares even if it's not a spiritual reason. Um, it wasn't like, I, f- I feel justified praying to God to, uh, for money when it's something like, I want to go on a mission trip. But when it's something like, I want to go on vacation, or I want to graduate college debt-free or something like that. I'm like, this isn't spiritual. Why would God answer this prayer, you know? And so to have that confirmed was just huge for me this year. 
And then uh, the second one actually was a testimony started last year uh, when I was first starting to look for internships. I had the um, opportunity to choose which um, semester I did this internship. And so they gave me an offer for summer, winter, or spring. I wasn't able to do winter, and I already had a job for the summer that I committed to. They paid for my training and everything. And then my internship calls me and says, hey, we had our intern quit for this summer. Can you work this summer, meeting last summer, instead? And it made perfect sense. This is an accounting job. It looks good on my resume. It's three times higher than the job I currently have. But I had already committed to that. And so it took a, a little bit of prayer and a little bit of conviction to not take the higher paying, better job. But um, I turned them down and I said, I can work for you next spring, but I'm sorry, I'm committed for this summer. And um, I had uh, visited with the youth group that year for part of their Generation Truth event. And one of Pastor CJ's sons, the eldest one, Trey, um, he came over and was praying for uh, praying with me before they left the event. And he said, you know, I just feel like God's saying he's going to um, bless you for your loyalty. And he didn't really have a reason for why I was being loyal. Um, but he said, God's going to bless you for it. And then uh, the next year, not only did I get this internship that I had in the spring, I received another internship I've been trying for two years to get for this summer and an internship with a, a very, very prestigious company for next summer, all within the same year. And for that, I just thought, how awesome is God that he's faithful even in that, where it seemed like the stupidest decision to pass on a job that was going to be so much better for me as a, as a, in my career development than the one that I currently chose, but to expand that tenfold and really just prepare me for every facet, every work environment and anything that I could choose to pursue later on. Okay, is there anyone else has a testimony they'd like to share? God's goodness, goodness unto you in 2019? And I expect to be followed by other people. <laughs> I kind of do two testimonies. One is uh, God brought me to New Covenant about two and a half years ago. Gave me the privilege of uh, being under CJ and Lisa for their season. And now I have this privilege of being here for Pastor Carnell in 2020 and on. I'm, I'm excited, and that's God. You know, sometimes you wonder about God's moving you around. But So that is, a, that is a praise and a testimony that sometimes you think, you know, you don't know where he's moving you or what for, but he's got it all figured out. Then a little bitty personal testimony. I have a son, he's 44 now. And since he was 14, we've had a turbulent relationship. Some of you may have adult children, and things haven't been the best. And my goal in life was for him to just first have a steady relationship and him saying, I love you, Mom. And then it's not being, you know, not hearing that for a year or two. And this year, my son made choices, and you sometimes you have to hit the bottom of the barrel to look up. And deal with your pride and control and everything else. So he's going through that. But in that, in the last few months, it's I love you, Mom. I love you, Mom. Hugging me. Leaned over the sofa on Thanksgiving and kissed my cheek and said, I love you. I mean, this is my dream. And uh, he actually meant it. And then yesterday, he came over and hugged me four or five times. He lives locally. Our, his son lives with us and uh, just gave me a bear hug and said, you are, you are my world, Mom, you and Bobby. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because sometimes you wonder if it's ever going to come. So that's a personal thing that having to all to stand for uh, all those years, <laughs> it happens.
Thanks for the roving mic. Yeah. Um, every year at, at my business, I write Christmas cards to our employees, and there's quite a few of them. And so <clears throat> a lot of them write cards back to me. And uh, just going back a ways, ever since I've pretty much had a business, my goal, my kind of, I guess, sort of secret prayer is that they would all come to the Lord. You know, this is seems like a big prayer for, you know, 200-some people, you know, just that they would all do that. But that's just kind of been my heart. And uh, this year, we were sitting there reading the cards. I had a sack full of cards and uh, was reading them. And I'm kind of like, wow, you know, people, you know, one lady said, you know, she'd come to the Lord, you know, while she was working there. And then I'm reading things from other people that, sounds so encouraging, you know, and that they're Christians, you know, and they're praying. And, and it was just, you know, I was just like, wow, this is just kind of an awakening for me that these different people that I didn't know this about are kind of opening up and telling me this in these cards. And uh, it was, I was pretty surprised. And I thought, wow, is this, then Becky started reading them and she goes, well, is everybody out there a Christian? And I'm going, Wow, I don't know. It seems like there's so much that's happened, you know, and it's been, you know, 46 years, you know. But, I mean, what uh, the Lord just encouraged me with is that, you know, it says don't don't quit praying, you know, don't, don't give up, you know, be persistent in prayer. And I think it's not so much that we're trying to convince God, you know, by praying is that, is that it shows that we know that he's faithful. And so we're with him, you know in the work that he's doing, and sometimes the work he's doing uh, is a long-term work. It doesn't necessarily come about tomorrow or the next day. It may be a number of years, but he just encouraged me, yeah, I'm seeing some fruit, um, actually a lot of fruit, and I'm just encouraged, don't quit praying. So the Lord's encouraged me with that, with family members and other people I know that don't know the Lord. Um, you know, don't, don't give up on them. Keep praying for them. Uh, I earlier this morning I was reminded of uh, uh, something that happened to me quite some time ago, and uh, how you get to adventure with God on things. Something you don't understand, you have to go uh, take a step out where you don't know if it's going to work out. It seems dumb to do it, in fact. And uh, uh, this is years ago, and I think I've shared it before, but bear with me if I have, okay? Uh, uh, years ago, Teresa and I were living in California, uh, hadn't been married too long, and uh, I had a car that uh, we had that uh, needed new brake shoes on it, and my dad, he worked for a company where he could get discounts on that kind of thing, and he, he uh, so he told me uh, that uh, new brake shoes for my car, we could put them on, he and I, mainly he. <laughs> Uh, uh, we could do that, but we had buying it cost about $35 to buy the brake shoes. And so I told him, okay, go ahead. And I saved the money that week out of our uh, tight uh, finances to pay the $35. And uh, so he was going to get it, and then I was going to go over there Saturday, uh, and uh, we'd put him on the car. And then uh, about... Uh, Late Monday or Tuesday, the Lord spoke to me really clear. He said, uh, take that $35 and send it to Brother Kellum down in Mexico. Uh, and I said, uh, <laughs> I thought, first of all, is this the regular Lord? Uh, Lord, you know that, uh, like I, he did, I kind of explained it to him, you know, uh, that uh, this money was set aside to pay for those brake shoes over and when I saw my dad and... Uh, and uh, I struggled with it. I talked to Teresa about it. And anyway, uh, I, I did for a couple of days struggle with it. I said, it just seems we'll ruin our testimony. Uh, you know, all kinds of things popped in my mind. And uh, finally, it just kept pressing me, take that $35 and send it to Brother Kellum. He's a missionary down in Mexico. 
And so uh, finally I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'll just have to apologize to my dad or something, you know, and pay him later and something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we put it in an envelope and mailed it. That's the way we did it in those days, just mail it to Mexico. It, <laughs> it always got there. I don't know the Lord made it work, but anyway. Uh, but I remember uh, uh, I was dreading to go on over there. And so uh, when uh, Saturday came around, we went over there and uh, I got there. And, and uh, of course, my dad had the brake shoes. And uh, he, uh, he and then he told me when uh, when he, when we started to put them on, he said, uh, you know, it's something that uh, I uh, went to get these brakes. Sh- you pick them up on and and they were uh, about thirty. It's going to cost thirty five dollars. Said the the uh, man uh, that I usually buy parts from, he says, you buy so many parts from here. We decide just to give these to you free. And I was so amazed, you know. And it, it, it's it's kind of a challenge to obey God when it doesn't seem like the right thing to do in one way. But if he keeps pressing you to do it, do it. Because he's got, he's greater than all your thinking and my thinking. And it was really a blessing and very, very encouragement to me. We get to adventure with God, but sometimes it's a really challenge to do it. I'm about to say, it kind of reminds me of what uh, we just heard. Um, in 2018, I was asking, uh, asking the Lord for opportunities to, to do things, uh, ministry type of stuff outside the church. And uh, there's a lady in the community who works with, or she just, she just changed from Wings of Hope to a private uh, counseling ministry. Uh, anyway, she heard me say, part of 2017, and, and in 2018, how um, that I had a desire to see some type of help for men who had uh, issues with anger, anger uh, problems and, and abusive problems. And, and uh, as 2018 started coming in, um, she kind of caught me one day and Wanted to find out if I was just giving lip service, just talking off my head, or if I really, really, really meant it. So I told her, yeah, I really mean it. And she challenged me. She challenged me to do something about it. She said, hey, can you, can you start a program or write a program? And, and so uh, the Lord moved on me, and I said, yeah, I, I, I can try that. I can do that. And... Uh, the blessing is because my heart does grieve. It's grieved for, for decades when I see uh, young children and, 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 and wives or girlfriends, significant others, suffer at the hands of guys who have, who have problems. And so the Lord, uh, my, the blessing that I'm going to kind of, kind of uh, make mention of that I'm rejoicing over today is that he, the Lord actually have me where I actually have a program and going around the community, I'm having a little, little difficulty because this one I'm looking for 2020, I should have a program that actually can be up and running, having difficulty finding agencies that kind of come alongside me. But the blessing that I see is that, yeah, my heart has been aching about something and I was challenged by Marie Robinson. Some of, you, some of you may know her. She was challenged. She challenged me because she probably have heard people talk about this kind of stuff, especially here in Stillwater all the time. And she finally found somebody who spontaneously talks about it. And so the Lord put in her heart to challenge me not just to talk, but to do. And now the Lord is putting in me to be persistent, to get it to come to pass. So my heart don't have my heart doesn't have to ache just wanting something to happen, but I should be a part of it. Um, and so I'm looking. I'm thankful for for 2019 
which got me the gave me the opportunity by the grace of God to actually get to get a program uh, up, and I'm looking for 2020 to actually to have a program that's actually running. And I praise God for the opportunity because um, I, I, I I look at the I look at my own daughters, you know, and 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 as a as a dad wanting them to to be in relationships that are blessing, and by all appearance, I praise God that they are. And, but, but, but just my daughters aren't the only, only women and, and, and girls in my life. I, I want to see, I really want to see something done. I want to see something done in a very powerful way. And I'm expecting to see 2020 um, really putting this thing into action. Well, one year ago today, <laughs> or right around this time last year, I broke my arm. And so I had a cast on last December. And uh, one month later, I broke this arm <laughs> in the same place on, the, on my arm. Anyway, uh, this last year has been a challenge physically for me. Um, and <laughs> I thought it was funny in some ways, but it wasn't funny in some others because I... I it's an honor or privilege for me to help other people with their real estate needs. And that means being able to physically go do, show, help, you know. And I sell a lot of rural property, which means I need to not only show the house, but the property as well. And so and not long after that, I found out I needed my hip replaced. And so then I'm <laughs> okay, Lord. Do you want me to still sell real estate? <laughs> you know, I, I, it makes it difficult to get around. But my hip was hurting so bad by then um, that I decided to go ahead and have the surgery. Um, and the, what was supposed to be a three-and-a-half to four-week recovery was 11 weeks. So, <laughs> again, I'm like, Lord, <laughs> Uh, you know, do I need to do something else? <laughs> and, um, but the Lord got me through all that this last year. And, you know, I just, uh, for the first time in years and years, I don't hurt when I walk. Because, you know, if you need a hip replacement, you probably had arthritis for a lot of years, and I had. So I'm just thankful for that. But this was also, God. <laughs> God was so faithful because this was my actually busiest year ever in real estate. And still able to be really busy and, and handle it all was really the Lord. So I just want to thank him for that. Got to get my steps in. This year has been a, a journey for us. So we we started off, uh, Shannon and I met in in uh, February. So we 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 got married, and God, the way He blessed me, uh, uh, and Shannon and I are just a blessing each, each other. So when God told me this is the woman I need to marry, and I I, I really didn't know what to say, and I. Me and Shannon was watching a movie one night, and then, uh, and I put my head on my, you know, on the table, and it's like, God, this is what I'm supposed to do, and it's yes. Since that time and moment, I think, what, nine days? Ten days? So, and we decided this is what we're going to do. So, if, we, if we're going to move forward in our journey, that's how we're going to do it, because we want to do it right. So, playing house is not something I wanted to do. Since that time and moment, things started to roll, our financial situation and, and everything was God was putting hand on everything that we were thinking to do, everything we're wanting to do, uh, paying off my credit cards and Shannon's financial situations got at a different level when she got a new job in town. Uh, uh, my job, the, uh, things went on and on and on, and things were heading the right direction. 
So all that was going on, and then, what, a few months ago, we decided God's going to put on a heart that we need to get into a different home. So, and Ellis's came by to our home, and and they come and say, oh, you're still living here? And uh, I guess, yeah, I says, Lisa goes, tell Shannon, and we haven't told her yet, right? So they don't know that we're thinking about getting a new home. And Lisa said, I said, you're not guys, you guys are not going to be here. God told us that this is not going to be your home. Your home is going to be a different home. And we were floored because we were praying about a different home. And there comes a confirmation from Lisa. So, and we knew then that God wanted to move us to a different home. So we have been praying and the home we've been praying and wanted, and he brought us that home uh, with the help of Candy. <laughs> Everything we went through, all the difficulties, we had to struggle and uh, go through, and it almost didn't happen, but we finally closed the house this Friday. Yeah. That struggle brought us many, many blessings. We're even thinking about paying biweekly on the payment of the house, right? So that's, we we couldn't have done it if Shannon's pay falls in one week and my falls in another week. So we get paid every week. So it's been a blessing from God as well. So we didn't know how we're going to get all that done. So now... So we'll be moving into a new home. Uh, so praise God for that. Yeah. Everything we wanted. So uh, thank you, Lord. Hello. Hi, everyone. Um. I recently came back from China, which, um, wow, there's so much there. Uh, About this time, 2017, I worked as a manager at Target in Oklahoma City. Loved my job. Not every day, but I loved what I did. And um, the most important part of my job that I love is the ability to empower people. When I came to work, I did not like the fact that I had to be at work on holidays and Sundays and stuff. But I love having the ability to empower people, to make sure that I hired people that when they left, they felt like giants that could go and conquer the world. And I never realized that it's something that God had put in me from a very young age. I remember in youth group, we had um, a lock-in party, and they asked us to write a five-year plan. I was 17 and no, a 10-year plan. I was 17. And in my plan, I wrote that by the time I was 27, I wanted to live in Venice, Italy, and have a job where I travel the world and empower young people. 27 came, I was a manager at Sears. I was like, nah, this is not what I had in mind. This is not my future. Jesus, you and I talked about this. This is not what we had discussed. You and I were supposed to travel the world and empower people. So what's going on? 30 came. I was like, okay, Jesus, you're sleeping because nothing is happening in my life. Nothing. Things are moving. I'm still in Oklahoma where we don't even speak English. I speak seven languages. Why am I stuck in Oklahoma? Lord, I want to travel the world and empower people. And uh, 2018, in January, I just felt this longing in my heart and in my belly. And I was just like, I need to do something different. By then, I worked at Target. I need to do something different. I need to get out of here. I just felt like I needed to leave the United States and go somewhere else. But I did not know where. So at the end of January, I randomly got this email about going to teach English in Korea. I was like, hmm, cool. 
I'll apply for that. That's another language because I've always told myself by the time I'm 40, I will speak 20 languages. I'll be traveling across the world, preaching the gospel, empowering people. Awesome. And uh, February came, I did the interview, and the lady came back. She's like, you have all the qualifications we need. You've been teaching since you were 17. That is perfect. And then she sent me an email, and she's like, are you available to speak over the phone right now? I'm like, yes, of course. (laughs) Come on. She calls me, and she's like, I'm sorry we cannot offer you the job because while you are an American citizen, you were not born in an English-speaking country. I was like, well, I can teach French. That's fine. She's like, no, we need English teachers. I was like, dang it, there's always something. And then she's like, well, you can keep searching. There are many companies that do what we do and don't mind where you were born so long as you speak English. And I keep going through. And funny, I got an email from a company I applied for, applied to three years prior, asking me if I was still interested in working for them and teaching English in China. I was like, ooh, China. Okay, I would apply. And then as I was applying, I saw they had teaching English in Russia, teaching English in China, and Indonesia. I applied for everything. The Indonesians called me first. I was like, cool, I'm going to Indonesia. I always wanted to go to Bali. So they call me, and then the job offer comes, and the pay comes, and it's like five times less than what I make here. And I was like, you know, Lord, I want to travel around the world, but I don't want to be broke either. Let's be real here. Um, I do want to work for you, but uh, not begging. So the Chinese people call me, which they offer me about three times more than the Indonesians, but it's three times less than what I make here. I'm like, mm, Jesus, I know you can do better than this. You're the God of abundance, and I'm not feeling the abundance right now. And I just feel in my heart, take the job, I'll make everything perfect. I was like, okay, if you say so. But sometimes you say that and it doesn't. And it's like, just trust me, take the job. So I call them and it's like, tell them, yes, you take the job. And, you know, we always kind of sort of think we can beat God around the corner. So I'm talking to the lady. I'm like, are you sure you can give me more than this? Like, can we negotiate the salary? She's like, ma'am, I'm sorry. The salary is non-negotiable. I said, ma'am, here are my qualifications. Just in case she did not read it right the first time. So I go through and go through my qualifications. She's like, okay, since you have a master's in education, let me see what I can do. She's like, sorry, we can't do anything. I was like, fine. Packed everything. The morning I am leaving to go to China, this lady calls me. This is probably five minutes on my way out to go to the airport. And she's like, I need to talk to you because we need to renegotiate your salary. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. You have a master's in education. You need a higher salary. I'm like, lady, I'm on my way to the airport. Can we do that? And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, God, you told me you would make it all right, you to trust you. And that was my first sign. Before I left, I think it was either Dominic or Brittany that told me to trust God as I'm going because God had already laid everything ahead of me and everything will be perfect. Fast forward, I get to China. I get my first place and my first place is terrible. There's mold, there's all of this, and then I cannot leave because I signed a contract and I cannot break my contract. So I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what to do. I finally talk with the landlord, and we find a thing to where I have to find a replacement for my apartment and move. Get that done. The second apartment I go to, wonderful place, best place I've ever lived at in my life. Until the winter comes, my bills are like 10 times more than the summer. I'm like, uh, I cannot. Because if I keep living here, I will never be able to sustain anything. I won't be able to save money. And this is like five months within me living there. And my friend is like, well, there is an apartment, brand new apartment, 
you can have it. Rent is cheaper, and because it's not in the commercial area, your utilities will be so much cheaper. I'm like, okay. And before I go, I feel this nudge to pray about it. And I hear God say, stay where you are. And I'm like, surely not. That's not him. I move. I get where I am. It's nice. But then what the landlord did not tell me, the building is in the middle of construction. But because I moved during Chinese New Year, the whole month, they, get, they go on vacation. They have a whole month off of vacation for Chinese New Year. So it was nice and quiet. So when business resumed, for like two months, I had this drilling going on, constant drilling. I'm like, I can't live here. I need to move. The goodness of God through this long trail, I realized that God was showing me that I'm very impatient. While I am determined and I have perseverance, I am so stubborn that sometimes when I set a goal, I don't stop to think about the steps that I need to take to get where I need to go properly. And through my whole trip in China, I realized God has shown me a version of myself that I never, ever knew. And I remember people prophesying to me about it. People kind of sort of nudging it, but I never paid attention. And I remember when I got to the last apartment, I sat down and I was like, okay, I need to write down all the stuff about my character that I think are good, all the stuff about my character that I need to change. Because sometimes when we make goals, we don't realize that a character is the very block, the very challenge from us getting the blessings that God has for us. We accuse God of not making things happen. We always like, well, God, I did this, I did that. But God is more interested in working for us in a character than getting us blessings. Because there is no way God is going to bless you when your character will not allow you to keep that blessing so you can multiply it to bless other people with. And the other thing that I also realized is that while I was in China, I struggled because I couldn't go to church. Everything is hush-hush. That was the biggest struggle. And I think going to China freed me from churchiness because I always felt like going to church was the end-all, be-all, and I never realized that while I went to church every week, I did all the church things, all the church ritual my relationship with God was not where it needed to be. And going to church is wonderful. Going to church is great. Doing all the things we do at church is wonderful. But if in the midst of it, my relationship with God is not as fervent, as stern, and as progressive as my going to church then my going to church is in vain because God does not dwell in me being in church. And I had to teach myself to see God even in a place where I was not allowed to say his name, in a place where I was not allowed to see him freely. And to have witnessed the, the grace of God in a place where I was so scared to say his name, but to have that protection and later on being able to find other Christians in that environment really made me realize that just because a place is set up to where God is not being to be worshipped doesn't mean he is not present. Well, praise the Lord. I'm sure there are many more uh, testimonies that could be shared. I appreciate each and every one of you who blessed us with your testimony. I'm sure that everyone was blessed and that your testimony, you never know who your testimony speaks to. And the moment that they're in, your testimony may be the thing that breaks the dam, the things that gives hope, the things that strengthens and encourages someone who is going through a challenging time in their lives. 
And this is an important thing I want to encourage everyone to do. Like I said, my family and I do this at the end of every year. And I want to encourage you. You don't, you may not have given your testimony here today. Um, that was important. But the objective was to get you to think on, reflect on the goodness of God to you. To look beyond or look through all the ebbs and flows, the peaks and valleys, and all that stuff. Not to just go from event to event to event to event, but to see how God has favored you. To see how God has worked on your behalf through it all. And and although he may not have saved you from having to experience some things because it was his will for you to go through those things, he didn't leave you hanging. You know, he encouraged you and he gave you the strength and the grace to be able to walk through it and to come out stronger, to come out more like Christ, to come out, to come out of it with a testimony that can then be used to be a breath of life to someone else. Amen. And so God is good, isn't he? God is good. And so I want to close with this and then I'm going to. Invite you guys who know it to sing it. Lamentations 3, verses 22 through 24, says this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Praise the Lord. Would you all stand? And we'll just have to do it a cappella. I know Steve knows this one. We used to sing this one all the time. Amen. <laughs> the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end they are new every morning new every morning great is your faithfulness O Lord great is your faithfulness hallelujah Father, we thank you for, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your steadfast love for us that never ceases, that your mercies are new every morning, and that great is your wonderful faithfulness. And so, Father God, as we reflect back on 2019, if we, as we reflect back on 2019, and, re and call to remembrance your faithfulness toward us in 2019. Let it infuse us with hope and faith for 2020. That as you were with us, as you favored us, as you were faithful toward us in 2019, you will be for us in the new year to come. Your faithfulness doesn't just go by calendar year. Your faithfulness is to us always. And Father, we encountered many things in 2019. Some we expected, some we didn't. And we know that it will be the same in 2020. There are plans. There will be resolutions. There are, there are hopes and there are dreams for what we will have, what we will be able to do, what we will experience, how we will be blessed, how we will be able to serve you. And all those things, we have plans for certain of those things in 2020. There will be unexpected challenges that come along. Some of the things will get done. Some of them we probably won't get done. But we'll put it all in your faithful hands. And trust that the things that are according to your will will get done in 2020. And the rest, if they are to be done, if they are according to your will, they'll get done in the season and in the year it is in your will for them to get done 
And so, Lord, we just thank you for it, for the faithfulness you've shown toward us in 2019. And we thank you for the faithfulness you'll show toward us in 2020. And we give you glory and praise. And we look forward to walking with you, to walking in obedience to you, and, and walking in the way of the Lord and, uh, and being used by you to be a blessing and light to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want, uh, Christy has reminded me, um, the prayer team.